Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today with me, James Hansen and Cara Bentley. Today, why are mega donors still bankrolling Nikki Haley's campaign despite her being 30 points behind presidential rival Donald Trump in her own state? It's the Republican South Carolina primary tomorrow, but even though most assume Donald Trump already has the GOP nomination in the bag, there's still one rather persistent challenger. The former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley, is hoping to pull off an upset and win her home state. If you believe the polls, that isn't going to happen. But it hasn't stopped big money donors investing in her campaign. So today we're asking the question, why is Nikki Haley still in the race? And why is her campaign still flushed with cash? David Charter is The Times' US editor and joins us from South Carolina. David, how much money has she managed to raise? In the January fundraising figures, she outraised Trump quite considerably, at least her campaign did. That pulled in $11.5 million in donations from donors big and small compared to Trump's $8.8 million. And it really shows that there are a lot of people, a lot of Americans out there who are still prepared to put their hand in their pocket for Haley. When I went to a Haley event on Thursday in South Carolina, down in the coastal region, which is really her best area. It's a sort of slightly wealthier, more liberal area of South Carolina, if you like. They said that this is only the fourth primary and they want to keep donating to her, even if it's just a few hundred dollars that they're giving, just to keep her in front of the American people and and give the rest of America a chance to hear from her. They're the ones that still think that she should be the candidate for the Republican Party. But David, despite her fundraising success, I mean, she's going to lose in South Carolina, isn't she? Yes, she will most likely lose in South Carolina. Uh, Then it's on to Michigan. And of course, the big one is 15 states on Super Tuesday. That's the first Tuesday in March. But the Haley campaign is being really bullish. It's set up operations in most of those states. It's got quite extensive operations underway. This costs a lot of money, of course. And with the fundraising that she's able to pull in, she's able to at least make her case uh, in the Super Tuesday states. However, she is behind in polling in, in every one of those states. Why is Nikki Haley still in the race then? Surely Trump has all but secured the GOP nomination already. 
So Haley set out her reasons in a speech this week, saying that America doesn't do Soviet-style elections where there's only one candidate. This is a democracy and they deserve a choice, and she's determined to give them that choice. But I think the real reason is probably that she wants to stay politically active uh, long enough so that if something befalls Trump, either legally, perhaps for health reasons, or he drops out of the race, she is in the prime position. David, thank you. It's David Charter, The Times, US editor. The United States has warned Russia not to put a nuclear weapon into space. The weapon in question is said to be designed to cripple Western satellites, GPS, space surveillance and military command operations. The White House says it's not an immediate threat, but that it could be sent before the end of the year. The Times' Washington correspondent Hugh Tomlinson joins us for more information. Hugh, sending nuclear weapons into space is a bad idea, the Americans say. Isn't that obvious? Yes, you would think so. And the US has warned that this would be a hugely dangerous escalation that could prompt a nuclear arms race into space. Um, this uh, this Russian weapon, if it were deployed, would violate decades-old non-proliferation treaties, including the 1967 Outer Space Treaty, which Russia has signed, banning the deployment of nuclear weapons in orbit. But of course, Russia has exited several Cold War arms control treaties under Vladimir Putin's leadership. Now, if it would damage America so badly, why are they admitting that? Isn't that just an open goal? Well, exactly. But admitting it was not the White House's intention. This all emerged last week when uh, uh, Mike Turner, the Republican chair of the, um, of the House Intelligence Committee, alluded to an undisclosed threat to national security and demanded that the White House declassify all the intelligence around this. This came ahead of, a, uh, of a, an intelligence briefing the following day. I think the White House was privately furious that Turner did this. That then prompted a flurry of speculation about the threat he was referring to. Um, and then over the course of the next few hours, reports of this Russian weapon emerged. And will they launch it? Will it happen this year, do you think? Well, Russia, of course, denies that this weapon even exists and has said that this is a that these reports are a malicious fabrication by the White House to pressure Congress into approving military aid for Ukraine, which has been stalled now for several months. The White House said last week that uh, those claims by the Kremlin were, quote, bollocks. The V&A Museum in London is often seen as prestigious. It's a grand old building in the fancy museum quarter in the west of the city, with artefacts thousands of years old, finely decorated staircases and ginormous columns from the ancient world. But now they're looking for nine people to fulfil superfan advisory roles on aspects of modern culture, including Toby Jugs, Emojis and Taylor Swift. Here's a bit from the job description. We want to hear from you about your hyper-niche interest and why it is important to the history of art and design and the future of creativity. Successful candidates will meet curatorial experts at the V&A, share knowledge about their specialist subject, learn about the history of these objects and why they are relevant to art, design and the future of creativity. 
It also ends by saying insights from the sessions with our curatorial team may be used to develop future programming at the museum. So, 173 years after the Great Exhibition brought culture to millions of people, could this advice lead to a Taylor Swift exhibition at this very distinguished museum? The Times' David Sanderson shared his thoughts. I'm sure that they would love to have a Taylor Swift exhibition, but these things do take a bit of time to put together. So at the moment, it's very much just informal advisory sessions and, you know, they, they will work up or they will work out whether there is the capacity and indeed the interest to hold a, an exhibition. Taylor Swift is a big call. You know, to do a Taylor Swift exhibition is going to require an enormous amount of resources and, of course, her cooperation so that you you can, for example, put on uh, on display her stage outfit. So at the moment, it's very much informal. You know, they, they may well use this for some sessions, you know, creative creativity sessions with younger children, but there's certainly no concrete plans for the Taylor Swift exhibition yet. If you're keen, you may need to apply for a visa, sadly. The VNA is only offering the role to a UK-based Swifty. Now, his dad is arguably the greatest golfer of all time, so it's no surprise that Charlie Woods, yes, Tiger's son, is pretty good at the sport too. Charlie's just 15 and is trying to play his way onto the prestigious PGA Tour. Unfortunately for Woods Jr., he endured a testing round to finish 16 over par at Lost Lake Golf Club in Florida as his hopes for qualifying for next week's Cognizant Classic came up short. But given his dad didn't play his first PGA Tour event and until he was 16, he's not doing too badly, so I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty more about Charlie Woods in the years to come. On tomorrow's episode of The World in 10, we'll mark the second anniversary of the war in Ukraine. We'll hear from Anthony Lloyd, senior foreign correspondent for The Times, who's covered the conflict since the start. Anthony was among the last journalists to leave the city of Bakhmut before it fell to the Russians. Here's Anthony remembering a particularly harrowing moment from that time. And just a warning, you may find what Anthony describes upsetting. We came down to the bottom of the hill. And it's not a road you can drive fast on. It's kind of rutted by shell, shells and all the rest of it. And the shell fire impacting into this city ahead of us. At the bottom, we had to really slow down, and there was a Ukrainian military vehicle which had been hit by shell. The driver was there and was on fire uh, in the vehicle. That was um, quite an enduring memory. Obviously, we had to slow down because you couldn't rush past it, so we were bumping past this vehicle right beside us with this soldier ablaze in it at about 15 miles an hour. So there was no avoiding his fate, and um, it was a pretty horrible sight. That kind of stays me a bit. That's Anthony Lloyd, senior foreign correspondent for The Times. We'll hear more from Anthony on tomorrow's World in 10 as we mark two years of the war in Ukraine. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with The Times of London. See you tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.